Welcome to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast, where the cross and the culture are on a collision course for discussion. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require signs, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, under the Greeks foolishness, but under them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, here's your host, Thomas Irvin. Welcome back to the Plenteous Redemption Podcast. Thank you once again for coming back and listening. It's a blessing to be able to do this and uh, make these recordings available to you. I hope they are a help and a blessing, and I hope you will take the time to share them. And And I appreciate your patience as you come along with us. We finally, I believe, got our framing correct on the camera where we want it to be. We've got the color grading correct, which is Always fun to figure out. Uh, I think we have our audio levels just where we want them now. Um, everything's going well. So from here on out, the the picture, the image, the audio should be fairly consistent. Uh, we finally got things dialed in, and and uh, it's taken several recordings to to do that. It's it's a difficult job, and and uh, it bothers me that some of the previous recordings, the the coloring was so off and and awkward and all of that, but. It is what it is. So uh, from here on out, this is what we will go with. Praise the Lord. And we're thankful for it and excited about it. So uh, my daughter, Bethany, is here in the office with me. She brought me a flower. So I, I decided to, I told her I would use it in the video or put it there for just to enhance the, the image quality. Uh, she's a sweet girl. I, I sure appreciate her. Now we're going to pick back up in our study of worldview issues. And uh, we're still going through some of these synchronic aspects of worldview. This time we're going to look at some synchronic categories. Uh, the last broadcast was synchronic levels. This time we're going to break it down in, into categories. And for those categories, we're going to use, stay with me now. Again, this is going to get a little technical again, but uh, we're going to use prepositional logic. Now, we're not going to dive deep into prepositional logic. You don't need to know what it is. We're not going to really define it or go into any of that. Uh, my purpose and reason for bringing it, bringing it up is in order to define these categories, we're going to talk about sets. And that word is, is attached to prepositional logic. So we're going to break this down into sets. And um, what this will allow you to do is to, to really categorize different societies, different cultures. Uh, it'll allow you to really break them down and and uh, give some clear definitions and and start um, tagging them with some some very real characteristics, and and it, it just it just helps to to when you're able to break you'll you'll see what we mean in, what I mean in just a moment when you're able to 
uh, attach these categories, hopefully uh, fairly accurately, to a society, you can then start to, I mean, really lay out what characterizes that society, that culture as a whole. So you'll, you'll see what I mean. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I'm trying not to um, put myself in a position where I'm going to just repeat you know, later what I'm, what I'm going to say now. So let's just dive into it. The first sets are well-formed versus fuzzy sets. Now you'll see what we mean by that in just a moment. But uh, So we're, we're using the term sets, and, and that's in reference to prepositional logic. Though we will not review or define prepositional logic, uh, you can quickly learn more about this topic if you really want to, if you just search it on the web, it's easy to to find. And you can go as deep into that as you want. Uh, one of my, uh, a writer that I find interesting, he, he's credited with um, basically turning the, the world of philosophy back towards, back in the direction of Christianity as, as a... Um, Generally speaking, you know, not not entirely, but but largely speaking, and, uh, and that's Alvin Plantinga, and uh, <laughs> that man, uh, you you should pick up one of his books and and you try to read it. He is a master of disciplines like prepositional logic, and it can be very complex, very difficult to follow, but very interesting to see how he breaks things down into formulas, essentially. And with these formulas, he's able to test his ideas and, and, Lord willing, come to an objective conclusion. You know, when it comes to the argument of um, of God and evil, you know, where does evil come from, and all of that. He, from a philosophical perspective, from a Christian philosophical perspective, he has played a major role in basically hushing the the critics of of God when it comes to evil and things like that. Now, from a biblical perspective, I disagree with him, but when you follow his logic, what he's saying is, is certainly, in part, very true. From a biblical perspective, it's not as clear what he's, what he's trying to say. But again, it's one of those things that it'll, it'll hush the naysayers. <laughs> There's nothing they can say about it. There's no way they can argue with it. So it's very interesting. Anyways, that's all off topic. Hopefully we can finish on time. Um, understanding mental categories will help make sense of cultures down to the worldview level. Our ability to compartmentalize is essential to gain this understanding. We began by breaking culture down into levels. All right? We began talking about synchronic le- levels. And we're going to talk about the counterpart to that in later broadcasts, but right now we're talking about synchronic levels and um, how they lead to the deepest level, the worldview. Some worldviews are built upon well-formed sets. That's important. All right? Um, these sets have uniform characteristics, thus their components can be easily analyzed. All right, so countries like the Western world tends to be uh, uh, more well-formed in their sets and their, and their characteristics. And you'll see what we mean by that. Just stay with me. This is not a, this is not a statement of better or worse. This is just a, it's, it's a, it's a term that characterizes the order of that society. One, one way to illustrate this can be seen and how Americans view race. Uh, we divide race into clearly distinct sets of black, white, Hispanic, etc. Et One of the fundamental characteristics of this approach is that it tends to lean on the, on the excluded middle aspect of logic. It leaves little room, little to no room for middle ground. Thus, the categories have hard-drawn lines of distinction. That, that's 
why countries like America, England, France, uh, for, for, for long portions of their history, that's why things were so well-ordered, why law and order was such a big deal, because, because of these, well, th- these hard-drawn lines. Um, we can tend to, throughout our history in the West, we, have tend to, we tend to have seen things very black and white. And, um, and, and that, that, by the way, that was a good thing. You know, not not a bad thing. Now it has its issues. There there are, if you go too far in that direction, it has its problems. But overall, it creates a very predictable society, which is good for economy. It's good for safety. It's good for law and order. It's good for for many things because you you have a reasonable level of of expectation on what the day is going to be like. You come to a country like Uganda and just try to pay your water bill. It might take you weeks. It may, it may take you days or weeks to accomplish that simple task. I mean, just the most basic fundamental tasks are, are in disarray at any point in time. And uh, so, so that, there's a lot of benefit to that. In this approach, very little thought is given to the possibility of races that do not fit into these neat categories. Um, now, this is a problem for our, our uh, I'd like to say our friends, who are left-leaning, woke, and progressive, but they're not very friendly. And uh, in order to have friends, one must show himself friendly. And they're not too good at that. Um, but they, they demand that you be put into a well-formed, hard-drawn category. You must be in the category they put you in. Right? And so that, that's an example of this idea going to a very negative extreme. But generally speaking, okay, I have white skin. So generally speaking, I would be considered a white person. Okay, no big deal. Generally speaking, if you have black skin, you'd be considered a black person. And then with that would come uh, some, some, some general cultural backgrounds with, with the skin color, with the, with the people that we associate with, that we spend time with. None of it is racist. It's just the reality. It's just where people feel comfortable. It's where they gravitate to. Um, even in Bible-believing churches, my pastor, it drives him crazy that people of certain wealth tend to flock to each other, certain skin colors and cultural backgrounds tend to flock to each other. Uh, they they kind of gravitate to each other, and he his desire is to see them branch out more and, and, and intermingle more, but people feel more comfortable with people like them. That's not a bad thing. Now, it becomes a bad thing when, when you do that to the negative exclusion of others. You demand others stay out. That's a problem. That, that crosses the line into racism. But feeling comfortable around people that, that you're comfortable being around, similar skin color, uh, similar interest, background, similar financial status, whatever the case may be, that, that in and of itself is not a problem. That's just a reality. It's just how it is. And the sooner you get over that, the better. When you start trying to tell people, no, because of your skin color and financial status, you have to be in the box I want you to be in. Now you've crossed some lines. Now you're getting into discrimination. You're getting into racism. You're getting into uh, uh, you know, harassment and, and, and all sorts of other things that should not exist. And that needs to stop. That's, that's what America got rid of. You know, breaking out in the '60s and 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 bringing an end to those types of ideas, and now we have groups of people in the name of 
stopping racism who want to take us back into that. <laughs> uh, a bunch of psychotic social justice warriors. And, and so I would like to see that disappear. And the, the sooner you come to the sooner you come to terms with the reality that people are just comfortable around certain groups of people, then the better, the better your life will be. The better life will be for everybody. And, uh, and so either way, uh, today in 2022, people of mixed races are called upon to choose one. Why? Why should they have to choose one or the other? They are both. Um, and members of society with one black parent and one white parent, for example, are presumed are pressured into identifying with one of the two races. Barack Obama was often subject to this type of conversation. He is noted as America's first black president. But was he? But technically speaking, and in violation of the strictly drawn categories, he was both white and black. Yet in his books and speeches, he felt the need to cater to the categorical thinking of, um, of America and chose to identify as black. I mean, <laughs> today you can choose to identify as all sorts of things. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there for a while, the number one gender put down on, on work applications was Heliopolis, <laughs> which means I identify as an attack helicopter. <laughs> um, you know, people having fun with our modern stupidity. Now, the opposite to these well-formed sets are fuzzy sets, which allow categories to be malleable. Cultures of this mindset do not force everyone into clearly defined and required categorical lines. And yet they often do not have the diversity of a country like America. So, you, you know, a country like Uganda would, would most definitely be a fuzzy set. There's nothing orderly about Uganda whatsoever. Um, but when it comes to, to categorizing people, well, how, how are you going to do that in Uganda? You can't do it based on skin color. Um, it's very tribal. Um, I mean, they, they have their categories here, but the, the well-formed, hard-drawn lines that we have in, in America, for example, you can't do that here. It would not fit. It would not work. It would make no sense. Now, all societies use a combination of both well-formed and fuzzy sets, but one or the other will be more fundamental to their thinking. This categorical thinking has its benefits. For instance, in America, uh, roads tend to be clearly marked with signs. That's a blessing. <laughs> That's a huge blessing. Curbs, lights, road markers. These are all wonderful things to have. Um, very few countries actually have them. <laughs> Basically, the Western world, uh, maybe China, uh, Japan, you know, some, some Asian countries, Singapore, uh, some of the more orderly Asian countries, I, I, I don't know how orderly China actually is, um, but, but Japan and Singapore most definitely are very, very or well-ordered countries. Um, you know, they, ha they have these, these things. Um, and so when it comes to people, you're going to have a hard time having hard-drawn lines about who people are in a country like Saudi Arabia, um, Afghanistan. Uh, Uganda, you know, the, you don't have the diversity of people that a country like America or England or, or you know, maybe Germany, um, some of the, the Western world who places a major emphasis on on immigration. Um, you know, we we can make the we have the liberty or we have the the ability to make those types of distinctions, but you don't have that here. Uh, 
It, it just wouldn't work. These all play into a categorically formed worldview. When Americans visit countries that are not so categorically organized, a headache is often the result. <laughs> countries affected by modernity often organize themselves by way of, a, of well-formed sets, and that's predominantly the Western world, some Asian countries, um, uh, other European countries who are not considered part of the West have, have come along to this in, in recent years as well. Um, it's a far better way to, to structure your society. It's a, it's a much better place to live when things are well-ordered. Um, now, interestingly, the majority of the third world organize themselves using fuzzy sets. I, I, I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's a, res a result of their lack of diversity or, or if that, you know, the problem with that idea is that some countries who are, who, who are not well-ordered in their, in their categorical thinking often have diversity. And so, so it, it could potentially work there, but, um, but, it, but it, that's not the way they order themselves. The majority of the third world doesn't have the, um, the, the diversity that America or England or, or some of the Western countries have. You can walk through America and you see white people, black people, Hispanic people, Asian people. It's very, you see them very clearly that the, the lines are easy to, to, to draw between them to say, oh, you're, you're a white person. Now, if you start to break that down to the lower, lower levels, well, what does that mean to be a white person? Because my background, I, I have American Indian in, in my family. I have, uh, you know, I believe the name Irvin is Irish. So, so we have, you know, some European descent. We have, you know, it's, it's, it's not as clear as just saying, I am a person who has white skin. Um, once you start breaking it down, you, you get past the hard drawn lines. You start saying, well, who, who, who do you actually ascend, descend from? Uh, then it becomes a little more fuzzy. <laughs> and so um, now I, I'm not sure how to correlate their lack of categorical thinking with their societal functionality. This categorical worldview approach is expansive across society. It can be seen in the way that Americans go to the market. Often it is an enclosed building that is heated or cooled by a central unit. You have no idea what a blessing that is. Uh, if you've never traveled, you don't realize how good you have it. Um, the items sold are neatly located on aisles based on category. Food is bought for the week or month, and the means to keep it at home is often available. None of this exists in societies that are predominant fuzzy in their worldview approach. Not at all. Uh, they shop in open markets in that day's heat or cold. They buy what food is needed for the hour or at most for the day. Uh, they cannot take home food items that, that can be stored in pantries that have regulated temperatures. They do not have refrigerators that allow them to maintain perishable foods. This notes a striking difference between America and much of the world, or well-ordered societies versus fuzzy-set societies. Um, it's a massive difference. You want to buy meat in Masaka, where I live here in Uganda? Well, you walk down to town or you drive down to town, whichever is available to you, and you're going to see meat hanging out in the open, in the sun, in the flies, in the whatever. <laughs> um, it, it's, that's, just, that's how it is here. That's the way things are ordered. 
Um, now the next set are intrin- intrinsic versus relational sets. Now, again, why do we create sets? How do we choose what characteristic belongs to one set or another? Particular sets define ideas by their intrinsic, intrinsic characteristics. A police officer, when searching for a subject, desires to have the person's height, skin color, hair color, eye color, gender, and clothing description. Um, These are definite categories that exist because of their intrinsic characteristics. This type of description would potentially create trouble in India (laughs) or Uganda because the description would match an overwhelming majority of the population. Even, even in India, even if you, if you gave them the, clo- the color of their clothes and what they were wearing, their skin color, their height, it's going to match an overwhelming number of, of people in the society. Where again, in, in America, you can be very specific. And, and uh, the way we dress, the way we look can be so, can be so distinct one from another that, that it's easy to... to to make that type of distinction. Uh, in America, such details would greatly narrow the population so that finding the suspect would be possible. In other cultures, sets are defined in relational terms. I once lived in and worked in Saudi Arabia while training the Royal Saudi Air Force. Relationships are dominant in that military system and more broadly in that culture. An individual's family relationship carries more weight than their military ranking. That's hard to imagine. You are not going to do that in the U.S. military and, and many other Western militaries. They're disciplined. Um, one incident involved a low-ranking member of the Royal Saudi Air Force. He had not reported for duty in more than one year. <laughs> Just after one, the one-year mark, the Air Force finally decided to stop his pay after paying him to stay home for more than a year. <laughs> He reported back to his commanding officer immediately and demanded to know why they stopped his income. And, and, and he, he wants an answer. When confronted by the lieutenant colonel, his commanding officer, which is a fairly high-ranking member of the military, he simply reminded the commander who his family was and that he was not at all concerned. That he walked out of the commander's office, nothing was done, nothing would be done, that man would receive no discipline. His relational status was far too elevated for anyone to be willing to deal with him in the military. In societies of this sort, sets are defined by who they are related to, and intrinsic characteristics are not considered. This can extend to professions, geographical locations, and, and, and all sorts of other characteristics. In this sort of society, a person can only be defined by the community to which they belong. All societies use both intrinsic and relational sets. Of course, one will dominate more than the other. But these sets allow us to begin categorizing societies. We may have well-ordered intrinsic sets, or we may have fuzzy relational sets, or any combination of the four will help categorize and explain the society or culture. Generally speaking, well-ordered is going to go with intrinsic. There, There is some overlap. And there might be some some societies that break that and 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 are are you know they defy those odds. But generally speaking, that's the way it's going to go. Fuzzy tends to go with relational. Uh, they tend to be together. There's a lack of order. It's do you know who I know? Do you know who my family is? Uh, uh, that that tends to be the the way things are, are done. The closer a society is related to well ordered intrinsic sets, 
the more well-defined and orderly society tends to operate. Ugandan society is most certainly fuzzy and relational. The streets resemble battlefields where drivers of cars, trucks, and an overwhelming number of motorcycles are constantly in combat. If you've never driven in a third world country, you should, that's an experience you should be forced to try out. <laughs> Not to mention the cows and the goats that are often gazing in the median of bustling highways. There are rarely dividing lines. If they did exist, no one would obey them. Uh, what's interesting to note, the use of intrinsic versus relational sets will prove to manifest two very different approaches to logic. That, that, this is where, once you get the, the society defined in, according to these sets, then you can start diving into the way they think, and, and it will help greatly. This refers to previously mentioned ideas. Why does a society act the way they act? Why do they, why do they make certain choices in life and in respective situations? The logical outcome will vary depending upon the collective sets to which the society will prove to belong. The intrinsic society leans toward objectivity. They try to remove feelings or morality because their subjective nature will cloud the objective data they are attempting to process. And again, that's generally speaking. That's not exact. First, find the facts. Then allow the facts to inform our feelings and, and uh, morality. Societies that manifest relational sets are the exact opposite. They tend to be emotionally charged. Their feelings and morality are paramount. That's why in a country like Sudan, Uganda, um, other third world countries that are fuzzy and relational, the mob mentality can strike. In fact, in, in Uganda, if, if, I, if I get into an accident, an auto accident, a car accident, my instructions are to leave immediately and go straight to the police because a mob is going to form in, in, a, in a flash. Uh, I, I wrecked my motorcycle not long after arriving here. Uh, it was a pretty bad accident. And, and immediately, a, a mob of people just began surrounding me. And uh, praise God, I was able to get the bike back up. And, and actually, a guy was walking away with my bike. I, I stood up. I had, I had cut my head. I, I, was, uh, I broke my ribs. I was a bit you know, um, uh, disoriented. But on my feet enough, the, the, the mob was chanting, come watch, come watch the Muzungu die, which means come watch the white man die. Come watch the European die. Muzungu means European, but, but they use it to refer to anyone who's not Ugandan, <laughs> uh, mostly to white people. but. They were saying, come watch the Mzungu die. Uh, they, praise the Lord, they didn't cause me any harm. But they, they thought, after seeing that accident, they thought I was going to die. And um, so when I stood up, the crowd just opened up, and, and they're looking at me with, in awe, like, what in the world? This man just got up, and, and, and there's a man walking away with my motorcycle. And so I, I grabbed him and told him to stop and jump back on my bike and tried to start it up. It wouldn't start, and I <laughs> thought, Lord. Uh, this is the end. This is not good. And so finally it started up and I drove away and praise the Lord, everything was okay. So um, that's, that's emotionally charged. Let's go see what happened. Let's go see what's going on. Let's go see what I can. If you get into an auto accident and you don't get out of there, that mob might break your windows open and start robbing you or harming you for no other reason than just to, <laughs> for no reason. I mean, there's, there's, there's not a purpose. Um, now, this again proves to be another area where Christianity can bridge both gaps. We are both intrinsic as well as relational in our approach to life. 
We tend to place the facts above our feelings, but we also inject ourselves into the factual data we have gathered. We will separate ourselves from the data long enough to process it, but the end result will be applying the objective data to our lives. We learn this from God's Word. We do not want to simply be hearers of the Word, but doers also. Both are critical components to living a victorious Christian life. Likewise, our membership in a New Testament church often begins through relationships. Then as the interested party uh, learns what is expected of them, within the local body of believers, they momentarily separate themselves from the relational quality to gain objective understanding. Uh, you got to make a decision for yourself at some point. Once this objective understanding is achieved, they weigh the objective doctrinal statement, standards, Bible teaching, etc., alongside the relational, the person who invited them, friends they've made, family that might attend, etc., and decide the church in question is one for, for them. Using the sets we have studied thus far, we are provided with a means whereby we can objectively ascribe order to the world around us. And I believe that is going to be all our time for now. Thank you again for listening. We will pick back up with modernity. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can learn more about our ministry by visiting www.plenteousredemption.com. You can hear more Plenteous Redemption podcast audio at www.plenteousredemption.media. Please comment below if this podcast has been a help to you. Also, inform us of future topics that would interest you. Thank you again for listening to the Plenteous Redemption podcast.